Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Current with Al Senna, counting the days, living, raising kids, and loving in the pandemic. If you're counting along with me, today is day number nine since we started recording. However, it is episode number six. Why the discrepancy, you might be asking? Well, I made an executive decision to take a long weekend. What? All done going poop? All right, folks, I'm going to have to hold on just one second while I take care of this situation, and then we'll be back. All right, folks, crisis averted. Appreciate everyone's patience around that. It's been one of those days, as I was mentioning before the break, uh, I decided to take a three-day weekend. My wife had the day off on Friday, so we had an opportunity to reconnect and start things off uh, the weekend uh, the right way with the children and uh, just really get an opportunity to, to enjoy each other's company. So hope everyone is okay with that. However, if you are not, you can now leave a review uh, in Apple Podcasts. Uh, there's an opportunity for you to voice your thoughts, frustrations, and opinions about my lack of professionalism. Um, so if you wouldn't mind taking the time to search me uh, through Apple Podcasts current uh, with Alcena counting the days, you can subscribe there as well, and you will get a notification. Uh, it came to my attention that uh, some of you who are following me on some of the other uh, distributors uh, were not getting notifications. So hopefully you'll be able to get your notification through Apple Podcasts. Uh, appreciate everyone's uh, help there. All right, so let's jump into the caseload because over the weekend we had quite a rise in numbers. I'm just going to talk about totals because uh, uh, the more we dive in, um, uh, just the sadder it gets, um, and, I, and I, I do feel that way. Um, and so jumping in, John Hopkins University of Medicine Resource Center uh, has us as at 1.3 million total confirmed cases, uh, and the United States leading the charge there at 347,000 cases. Uh, as we mentioned in our last podcast, we will be discussing those recovered, and so we'll go over to the world meter for that. Uh, they have us listed at uh, 1.3 million cases as well, about 20,000 more uh, that are uh, that are listed on this uh, uh, website, uh, and then 277,000 uh, total recovered cases. Um, and just so everyone knows, um, yesterday on Sunday. Uh, the United States uh, added 25,000 cases uh, and then unfortunately um, 1,100 deaths. Uh, as far as we are today, we're about halfway through the day. Um, we've added 20,000 cases um, and are uh, fast approaching 900 deaths. Um, so we'll uh, we'll see how things shake out the rest of the day. But uh, you just want to keep in mind, you know, these are people behind every single number. Uh, so um, what are we? What can we do to help? Right. Uh, that's something that we've been thinking about over the last couple of episodes. And I think it's going to be very plain um, and simple today. It is make sure to stay home. It's, it's that easy. The weather's getting much nicer in a lot of areas. People are, have been locked up for a while now and they want to get out and about. Um, stay home. It is not the time to get out. Um, it is not the time to interact with individuals. If you can avoid it, please stay home. Um, and uh, when we jump into the spotlight articles, uh, the New York governor had a lot to say about that today, which I think uh, is, a, is a great message to be sending people. But what can you do to help? Stay home. 
So spotlight articles today, uh, the first article is going to come from STAT, uh, which is a, uh, a news outlet that focuses on medical, um, medical stories and things like that. Uh, but the headline is, Americans are underestimating how long coronavirus disruptions will last, health experts say. And this is written by Helen Branswell. I'm just going to just quote the, the article directly uh, because there's something that I think uh, a lot of people need to, to, to hear just right out of the gate because we're starting to approach that period in time where people are asking, how much longer is this going to last? People are getting antsy and they want to get out. Um, and uh, we hear a lot of other reports like this is going to be done in, in May, um, but uh, I think the reality is, is otherwise. Um, for those of you who can hear my daughter in the background, uh, she is not crying. She is just yelling. Um, she's started this recently, and um, it's, it's not good. It's not looking good for the future. But jumping back into the article, it says, Coronavirus cases are expected to peak in mid-April in many parts of the country, but quickly reopening businesses or loosening shelter-in-place rules would inevitably lead to a new surge of infections, they said. Meanwhile, other parts of the country are only now implementing restrictions, and others have not yet ordered the closure of non-essential businesses, creating a patchwork response that will slow progress towards the goal of driving down transmissions of the SARS-CoV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Jeremy, I'm going to try and say this, uh, Conaduck. Uh, is a senior policy fellow at the Center for Global Development, and he said, the administration has consistently shown a desire to underplay the severity of whatever is coming, and they're constantly adjusting that, as it becomes harder to deny the reality that, uh, harder to deny the reality will be worse than what they've conditioned people for. Uh, He also said that, that he and other experts had discussed the matter with belief an intensive period of social distancing and a national semi-voluntary lockdown will last four months. Um, so it just it just goes to show that uh, this we're not quite out of this yet. I mean, in my opinion, we're just getting started. Um, but I think that as we start to see these new uh, these areas reach their apex and start to flatten out the curve, uh, people will be um, excited to try and get out. We can't do that. We have to stay home to make sure uh, that we're doing our due diligence to help those around us and those of us who are fighting uh, to save lives, which leads me to my next article coming from CNBC, uh, which is written by Kevin Bruinger, William Foyer, and Dan Manigan. Uh, The headline is Coronavirus. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo doubles maximum fine for breaking social distancing rules to 1,000 as state cases rise. Jumping in, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo said Monday he is doubling to $1,000 the maximum fine for violating the state's strict social distancing rules during the coronavirus outbreak. The reason? Too many New Yorkers aren't taking the rules seriously, he said. He spoke less than a week before Easter and two days before the start of Passover at sundown Wednesday. It's not about your life, he said. You don't have the right to risk someone else's life. You don't have the right, frankly, to take healthcare staff and people who are literally putting their lives on the line and be cavalier or reckless with them. You just don't have that right, Cuomo said. I couldn't agree with him more. Uh, the things that I'm seeing, even though I'm in an area that is not as impacted as some of the other parts of the country, it doesn't seem to be on, on people's minds when they are out and about. 
um, and uh, I think I've talked about that in the past, but um, that's something that we're going to we're going to need to do. And uh, when things do settle down, we're going to need we're going to need that to be the at top of our minds, uh, because we have places uh, throughout the world that are starting to relax some of their restrictions, uh, and they're seeing a resurgence in a resurgence in uh, surgence in cases. So uh, just keep that in mind uh, as we uh, as we start seeing uh, the numbers uh, flatten out a little bit. So. All right, so uh, let's jump into, uh, uh, you'll find all those links as per usual in the description. Uh, so feel free to go take a look at those articles if you'd like. Um, and uh, love some feedback uh, if you guys are getting value out of this. All right, so jumping into living with the pandemic. I was thinking about something funny to say uh, during this, uh, this segment. And to be honest with you, I couldn't find anything really that uh, made me laugh uh, internally because I'm starting to wrestle with the fact that this is the new normal and I'm trying not to become complacent with that. I'm trying to make sure that I'm doing my due diligence to try and see the other side of it. Uh, but it, I, I cannot see the other side of it as many of us I'm sure are experiencing. Um, but that's something that we're going to have to live with. It's going to have to live, we're going to have to live with this new normal. And I was trying to think of just ways to cope. And, and maybe some of you have been feeling this way or have, have already gone through the process to, you know, try to structure your days as they're not anything remote what they were in the past. Um, but I think this is a great opportunity and I've talked about it in the past to be a little bit more intentional with our thoughts and what we're doing from a day-to-day basis. Um, and so, you know, I'm trying to get back into uh, being, you know, you know, a better cook uh, for the family, making sure I'm thinking those things out versus trying to get them done. You know, spending some time in the yard and, and really having some pride in some of the things that I'm doing on a daily basis. And, and for no other reason than just, you know, trying to stay mentally prepared um, and mentally healthy as things continue. Because, like I said, this isn't going to change anytime soon. We're going to have to get used to it. If you're not used to it already, we need to put some strategies in place that allow you to move forward with some sort of intention that allows you to, to stay positive. And so uh, those are some of the things that I'm thinking about and living in this right now is that how can we continue to do this? Uh, learn something. Um, uh, take some time to, to make something that you haven't made in the past. Um, if you, uh, it doesn't matter what you're interested in, but maybe uh, now's the time to... Um, you know, take it by the horns and really dive in and uh, be passionate about it. Um, so that, that's, those are really my thoughts because I'm wrestling with that right now as we move forward. Uh, raising kids in the pandemic. Uh, I think I think a lot of people's fears when they talk about maybe potentially having kids or planning for a family or maybe their friends have been talking about a family is, oh, I just don't want to be sleep deprived. Um well, uh, there's a good reason for that. Uh, I'm incredibly sleep deprived and I'm not too sure whether it's because my children are actively conspiring against me or if they're just growing in separate stages at different times with different personalities. That seems a little bit uh, more accurate uh, than them conspiring against me, but uh, my four-year-old's pretty smart and uh, I wouldn't put it past him to uh, start a coup. So with that being said, it is time for us to start protecting our sleep. We have to figure out ways to make that more regular, to make that more healthy, because uh, that is going to fuel us throughout the day. Um, my wife and I are trying to figure out ways to 
You could call it whatever you want, sleep training or research or whatever. I'm just trying to trick these children into going to bed for extended periods of time during the evening to provide me with some relief and an opportunity to go to sleep. Because here's what happens. When the dinner bell rings and we all go forth towards our evening, we eat dinner and then we go get ready for bed and then it becomes this race, a race to the finish. And the race to the finish is often uh, met with uh, restarts and, uh, uh, and, and, and new beginnings into the evening. And so how can we, uh, how can we take some time uh, to make sure that our kids are getting what they need to feel safe, feel comfortable when they uh, are ready to go to sleep? And um, I think what we've done is we've just resulted in, into some completely terrible uh, parenting habits. And what do I say by that? What do I mean by that? We're just going to bed with them. You know, I'm laying in bed with my son, not because that's the right thing to do, uh, and that's not necessarily the wrong thing to do either, depending on how you look at it, but because I'm tired. You know, I think that some people would be a little bit frustrated and saying, hey, we're teaching bad habits, yada, yada, yada. Yeah, well, no one cares right now. It's the pandemic. I'm tired. He's tired. We all need to go to sleep. Instead of holding my ground and, and making sure that he is... What? She's just screaming. I can see her on the monitor. She's tickling her toes and screaming. So there you have it. I mean, that's uh, that's... That's the day in the nutshell. Alerts, warnings, screams, um, and yeah. Um, so anyhow, uh, let's take our, let's take some time to uh, to really enjoy, uh, you know, cuddling, enjoying uh, enjoying our sleep, and and seeing what we can do to to help these little ones feel a little bit more safe in this time of uncertainty. The four year uh, the four uh, six month old has no idea what's going on, but the four year old. Uh, is starting to adjust and he needs a little bit more help and so we're doing everything we can to make him feel a little bit better um, loving in the pandemic uh, this one uh, continues to to surprise me in the fact of how challenging it really is um, and it's not for lack of wanting to, tr to try it's just we are constantly um, uh, running to new situations every day um, and so this is kind of goes in hand in hand with living in the pandemic, um, is trying to find some projects. Uh, my wife and I work really well together, um, in multiple different situations, but when we have a project together, um, after an initial, I don't know, I'd say probably three or four days in discussing the project, uh, immense frustration and, you know, differing of opinions, uh, goes by, um, we actually come together and uh, we do pretty good. Uh, we do a, a great job. So we just we just know now that there's probably going to be a deliberation session that lasts for five or six days uh, that ends in tears and frustration. Um, and then once all that's done, uh, then we will come together as a group, uh, as a team, um, and we will complete that project uh, with uh, a great uh, level of success. Um, and... Uh, I just realized how, how Trumpian I sounded there, but uh, no, it's reality. Uh, we've been, uh, you know, prepping our yard and getting things ready for the summer because we're going to be spending a hell of a lot more time out there than we have in the past. We want it to be nice, and so after an initial discussion of who, what goes where, how that gets clean, what does that do for a trimming, do we cut that, do we not cut that, um, we, we've arrived at just getting down and, uh, and getting things taken care of. And so we're working really well together on that. But if you don't have a project with your significant other, 
uh, take some time, find one, uh, create something uh, that uh, will give you guys a little bit of peace of mind uh, as things move forward. And uh, I'm hoping that's good advice for everyone. It might not be, uh, but you know that's what's going on in my world. So uh, that leads me to the next point is preparedness. What are we doing from a preparedness standpoint? Um, if you're not thinking about it right now, I would think about it immediately. Home maintenance. Seasons are changing. Things need to be done. Uh, things need to be maintained, cleaned, prepped for summer season. I'm not sure, but I'm not, I, I don't really want someone in my house right now cleaning the vents or doing anything else. Um, so, if hey, son. That's a fantastic ship. to figure out uh, a connection piece for the for the bottom part so that way it doesn't fall apart that's great work though all right oh yeah well we can I'll, I'll help you figure it out as soon as I'm done did you want to say anything okay what do you want to say it's hard to stand it's hard to stay in your room yeah. when you're in quiet time? Yeah. yeah. Well, you're almost done with quiet time. Well, let me just say something. Well, go ahead. It's hard to be in my room. That's that's what you want to tell everyone? Yeah. Okay, well. Wait, how can you tell everybody? Through the internet. But how? I have no idea. Oh. oh. All right, see you later. I just want to make sure that everyone, uh, no, no timers. You're good. I just wanted to make sure everyone heard the absence of chains. Uh, we do not lock him up. He does not stay in his room. He gets a period of the day that lasts an hour that he gets to play by himself in the comfort of his warm house, um, in the comfort of being surrounded by all his toys. So just be aware. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think we could probably do that. That sounds like a great plan. Both or? Hmm? Both or? Yeah, both. Okay. Sounds great. Have fun. Yes, that sandwich is getting old, um, but you're welcome to eat it if you'd like. Just from lunch. So, back to home maintenance. If you haven't thought about it, I would start to think about it. Because chances are, you're not going to want a plumber in your house. I don't know about you all, but I'm very concerned about the plumbing. I have a family of four. Of four. We use industrial strength. Costco toilet paper. No, I didn't hoard any toilet paper, but we use it, and uh, who knows what's going to happen in a couple of months, uh, especially since we can't leave. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. Make sure that you're doing what you can to, to prep for that as time goes on, because uh, if you're not doing it, uh, it might come back to bite you um, and get out there and maintain the house uh, or whatever dwelling that you are, are currently residing in. So. All right, so 
jumping into the final se- uh, segment of the day. Ah, I'm going to do that again because that, that deep breath feels, feels good. Ah, that's better. So right now I'm trying to do my best to laugh. And it seems kind of an odd time to want to be laughing. Um, and there's always, you know, the, the fear of laughing at something that you really shouldn't be laughing at. And I certainly don't want people to think that I'm not in any way impacted uh, um, by the events of our, of our current world. Because I am, very much so. Uh, it's very scary and it's very sad. Um, and I wish it wasn't the case. Uh, but I think from a mental health standpoint, uh, something that I found useful um, you know, was an article out of The Atlantic, which is highlighted an essay from Vanity Fair. Um, I wanted to share it with you because I think it's great. Um, I really do. And I'd love to figure out ways to continue to laugh during this time uh, with also showing the same amount of respect uh, that everyone deserves during this time. So. I'm going to read a a quick little excerpt out of the uh, Atlantic. The article is titled, Yes, Make Coronavirus Jokes. Humor helps us take back control and connect. Two things we have lost in our fight against the pandemic. Uh, This article is an opinion piece written by Tom Montague, which again is highlighting an article out of Vanity Fair. So jumping in. Um, The author says, In a typically provocative essay for Vanity Fair, the late Christopher Hitchens expanded on the, li- on the link between power and laughter by arguing that humor was a part of the armor plate of humanity, protecting us from life's grim reality that, ultimately, death wins out. How's that for an LOL? We joke because if we didn't, we'd cry. But humor is more, thumbing, more than thumbing our noses at power. It is slapstick as much as satire. A man hitting another man with a frying pan. Kevin McAllister terrorizing Harry and Marv. Ross, Rachel, and Chandler struggling to get a sofa up the stairs to Ross's apartment. The late Robert R. Provine, a professor at the University of Maryland who became one of the world's leading experts on laughter, came to the conclusion, after a decade of studying how and why people laugh, that it was actually a way of bonding. Most people think of laughter as a simple response to comedy, or a cathartic mood lifter, he wrote. Instead, I concluded that laughter is primarily a social vocalization that binds people together. We laugh with others to give us the pleasure of acceptance, Provine argued, to show that we are the same. Simon Stewart, a clinical psychologist in Britain, told me that, from an evolutionary perspective, laughter is rooted in his ability to connect. It is a shared social signal. Um, so I'll, again, I'll, I'll link the article in the description for you all to take a look at. But I couldn't think of a better way to to highlight what we need to be doing uh, as individuals. Um, if you're in a spot where you can put this at the forefront of your mind, um, I think we should uh, because we all miss each other. Um, and uh, obviously uh, laughing is a big part of that. And so... Um, if you have an opportunity to connect with someone uh, via face chat, uh, face chat, what the heck is face chat, FaceTime, voice chat, whatever. If you want to talk to someone on the internet, there's multiple ways of doing that. So do it one of those ways. I don't know. You could call it whatever you want. But, you know, share a laugh with them. 
Um, tell them a funny joke um, or tell them a bad joke. They might laugh at that too. Um, but I think it's important that we take the time to do that. So uh, appreciate everyone uh, on the uh, on the absence of the of the podcast. I'm looking forward to doing this um, every day of the work week because um, I got to do something during the work week, and um, I'll be taking uh, the weekends off to enjoy with the family. Uh, but uh, for all intents and purposes, really appreciate everyone. Um, uh, staying safe, uh, staying home, um, and saving lives. Um, so with that said, much love.